If no one sheds light on what is being done in the darkness, it will never stop. One in three girls and one in six boys are sexually abused and told to hush. Breaking the silence is the first step to healing. Healing is a lifelong journey. Find your voice. Your story matters. Pain put me into hiding. Purpose called me out. May the silence be broken. Thanks for listening to the One Voice Podcast. It's a safe place for conversation on relevant topics with real life stories to encourage and inspire you along life's journey of healing from sexual abuse. I'm Mary O'Brien with Nicole Braddock-Bromley. Today joining us is a friend of One Voice. Her name's Allie Marie Smith. Hi. Oh my goodness. There's a huge spider on my floor. Let me kill it. (laughs) Perfect. Ah! Hi. Hi. Oh, did you get it? Okay, I got it. Okay. We're all good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. That's okay. I know things are different on the West Coast, so it probably was the size of my head. <laughs> uh, How are you? How's your life? Oh, I'm doing good. Time has flown by. <laughs> I so know. Fast. Yeah, but and I'm just so glad that you're still doing what you're doing, and I'm still doing what I'm doing. I think it just shows how... You know, God continues to use us and his favors on your ministry for sure. You've grown a ton and are doing lots of new things just like I am. I think that's really exciting. Yeah. A lot of us, I think, sort of get burnt out by this time. And I don't know. Right. It seems like, you know, his grace is just continued to be on you and your writing just gets better and better. I'm just really proud of you. Oh, you're sweet. Thank you. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. Well, Allie, um, I'm so glad to have you on our podcast today. We've known each other for, I think, like 12 years now. I I remember speaking at your conference. I think it was like 2006 at UC Santa Cruz. And that was so exciting for me. I was just new in sharing my story publicly. And to speak at your amazing conference for girls to help them know their value was a real honor for me. And now we've kept in touch for so many years, and I've been following you and your blog. You've put two books out now, and I just wanted to kind of pick your brain a little bit. I know your ministry is called Wonderfully Made, and you focus a lot on helping girls to not only know their value, but to have a healthy emotional relationship with their own bodies and with food and eating. And I was hoping you could share a little bit of background why you care about that first of all, and um, and just how that's grown into a ministry. Yeah, sure. Well, first of all, it's just been such a joy to get to know you and keep in touch over all these years and follow what one another is doing. And so thank you for having me on today. Of course. Um, yeah, to start, I, I'd say the ministry was kind of birthed out of my story when I was 18. I hit a breaking point, um, struggling with a severe depression, which would later be diagnosed as bipolar disorder mm. um, and came to the end of myself. But in that really met God in a profound way that really transformed me. And I've never been the same since um, wow. in a good way. And, and so as I got a hold of God's love, overwhelming love, I just had a desire to share it with other girls and women. And so I was reading Psalm 139 one day, and, and, and that verse, verse 14, I praise because I'm fearfully or lovingly and wonderfully made, just really stood out to me. And mm. um, just wanted to share that with 
with other girls and other women. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of how it started and started on college campuses. But, um, yeah, getting back to your question, um, it's a personal thing for me. It's something, you know, I need to be reminded of every day. Um, yeah. Um, birthed out of a lot of my struggles with food and eating image issues too. Um, sure, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of a little bit about why it's near and dear to my heart. And mm-hmm. as you know, the statistics among young women just struggling with low self-worth, self-esteem, eating disorders, depression, self-harm, sexual abuse, as you know, um, is so rampant. So hoping mm-hmm. to give hope and um, encouragement to girls and women. Allie, it's got to take a lot of courage to um, talk about this kind of stuff, especially with it being part of your story. So how in the world are you able to get up and do that and just put that out there? I've kind of shied away from doing it publicly on on the stage as far actually recently, just taking a bit of a breather. But um, I was just so touched and transformed by the love of God that like I couldn't but not share mm-hmm. um, and so I was just so compelled to because of how God had rescued me in my life and mm-hmm. it was just an act of worship and wanting to give back to all he's given me mm-hmm. um, so I don't know if I would call it courage but <laughs> <laughs> I mean maybe a little bit but yeah um, sometimes it's easier for me to be a little more brave on the page in the written word and mm-hmm. writing and so sometimes I share my story a lot. I share my story a lot in writing. Yeah, I think your transparency, even from, you know, your writing or just being behind the scenes in putting these conferences together and having other voices like myself on the stage, it's still, you know, you have enabled so many young girls to come forward with their stories. And, you know, I always say breaking the silence, sharing your story is the first step to healing. And even though you've been that more behind the scenes person, you have been that catalyst for so many young women to start their healing journeys. So, you know, whether you're on the stage or or not, I think you can be that catalyst. And I'm really grateful that you have been for so many years. Um, And as you know, I mean, most of our ministry with One Voice is about, you know, helping survivors to find their voice, survivors of sexual abuse. So that's pretty specific, whereas Wonderfully Made is more general. You know, you're you're tackling lots of topics like depression and, and disordered eating and things like that. So a lot of them do tie in, you know, for a survivor of sexual abuse. I mean, those issues are so common. Those are many of the effects that our listeners are struggling with. So I was hoping, Allie, you could share a few keys. You know, I know you wrote that book called Heal, Healthy Eating, Abundant Living. Um, and in that book, you you help a lot of people to overcome those issues. And so many of our listeners struggle with exactly what you wrote about. In the book, uh, Heal Principles, so there's five principles, and I'll just share one or two, but one is that um, it's a shared journey, and so, so often our struggles with food or body image issues just run rampant when we're isolated and mm-hmm. when, we're, when we're in our own heads and when we're alone and right. in the dark, and as we know, these secrets kind of escalate in the dark, and so... One of the first steps is sharing your journey with with someone, and and not and stepping out of that place of isolationism. Mm-hmm. So that's a huge one. 
And then um, also that it offers a freedom-filled approach to food. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's not like a diet. The pro- the plan isn't like a diet where you're only allowed to eat certain foods. Or right. It, um, it, because so often that can intensify our focus. Definitely. And, like if I am not going to be able to eat donuts for a week, like that's all that I'm going to eat this week <laughs> because I'm not going to place that rule on myself. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly, Nicole. So the key is to hopefully become aware of and obey your stomach's signals of hunger and satisfaction and eat within those boundaries, but in like a freedom-filled approach. And um, of course, there's a place for nutrition. That's always super important, but sometimes it's not as we're healing from emotionally unhealthy patterns with food doesn't need to be the the main focus. It Mm kind of needs to be a strong foundation of healing and freedom and wholeness and that is set in stone so yeah so those are just a few keys yeah if someone's interested they can I think we have a couple copies on our website at wonderfullymade.org or Amazon or Christian book or whatever so Ali, you're the expert here, so I know with just my own journey and struggles I've had with a healthy body image and having a a good relationship with food, I see that it continues to pop up over and over and over again. So it seems like it's a decision that you sometimes have to make every day that I'm going to choose today to look at my life with this perspective versus how I have in the past that I know is unhealthy. Yeah, you know, they say, like, people who struggle with alcohol, well, you don't have to live with alcohol every day. You can just not drink it. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, obviously, that's a really hard decision for a lot of people. But with food, we have to face it three to five times a day. And so in order, you know, to be nourished. And and so it can be a really a real challenge. And in my life, like like you said, Mary, it's kind of popped up over and over again. You might have seasons where you're in a really good place and something might happen and you might have some, have a few steps back, but um, just to stay the course and um, keep inviting God into that area of your life Mm -hmm. too is really key and really important and um, seeking him in that area. Allie, you wrote a blog recently. Um, It's actually been a few months ago, but on, on your website, AllieMarieSmith.com, And I just loved it. It was so honest. And I related to a lot of what you said. And um, I think it it kind of goes along with how healing from sexual abuse is so similar to healing from, um, you know, those sort of coping mechanisms, whether you were abused or not. You wrote, I have a messy story, maybe like you. Sometimes I don't know what to do with it. I can spend my life running from it, pretending my most shameful things never happened. Or I can embrace it and own up to even the most darkest of chapters. And then you asked, what does it look like to embrace the dark sides of our stories? You said, I think for everyone, it's different. For some, it means taking that brave step to see a counselor and talk about the things you're most ashamed of. For others, it looks like telling a friend or a loved one. And it's so interesting how... You know, that is so common. I mean, that's what Mary and I, I feel like we talk about that so much on the podcast is just be, being willing to be vulnerable with mm-hmm. others around you, going there with your hard things. Um, 
in order for healing to happen. And so, you know, our focus is on sexual abuse. Yours is on other things, but it's such a common, I guess, thread for all of us, especially women who have these struggles in our lives. I wondered if you could just kind of expand a little bit on that and, um, you know, just what brought you to even write that recently. Well, I kind of hit a a rough patch recently, mostly, gosh, it kind of went on for a long time, for several months, having a mental health challenge. And so I was just compelled to just write that, you know, there's parts about my story that, yeah, I wish had never happened, but they are part of my story, but they aren't really part of who I am. They're just... Mm -hmm part of my path yeah and um kind of like you know my abuse isn't who I am it doesn't define me but it happened to me and it does affect me right exactly exactly so just knowing that I can't run from those messy parts of my story they're always going to be part of my past but it's how we move forward and and how we respond to them and and um so yeah, I think I, I was just in a reflective mode, having struggles, you know, having some setbacks recently within the past year that really impacted me. Yeah, I think that I was just really proud of you. It was very vulnerable and transparent. And um, I can see how so many young women connect with you <laughs> based on your writing and things like that. So I guess just looking forward, you know, you're talking about you've had some hard setbacks. And even recently, I mean, you've been in ministry for years and years and years. And, and you've had setbacks, even just this last year, I think that's so honest and real. And, and we have to even come to expect that, you know, as we're navigating this life, life is a healing journey, it it has its ups and downs till the day Jesus takes us home. So it's good that we acknowledge those things and that we don't hide them. You know, it, it enables others that I think are in leadership to know that this stuff's real, you know, and, and one setback doesn't mean you shouldn't be out there doing God's work, you know? Right. So I'm wondering, like, what are you looking forward to now? I mean, is it right now? Are you in a place where you're um, continuing to think about how, how can I help young women know their value? How can I expand wonderfully made? How can I write more and more? Is it more like on a personal level where you're a little bit more inward and reflective based on your latest blogs and things like that? What is it that you're looking forward to in the next year? Yeah, I think it's both. I think on a personal level, I'm trying to heal a lot from some of these setbacks, especially health-wise, taking a lot of time for myself to make sure, you know, I'm going to the gym and exercising and nourishing my body and Mm trying to feel healthy and whole in that sense. And then, um, of course, there's still a lot of other hours in the day. And so, um, and I still feel called to the Ministry of Wonderfully Made. So continuing to expand our conferences. Um, this has been a really exciting area. God has really grown that, that aspect of our ministry here, mostly in Southern California. As and, far as the conferences uh, go, you mean? Mm-hmm, the conferences, yeah. yeah, and so it'll be neat to see what continues to happen with that. And I try not to plan too far ahead as far as the ministry goes, because um, <laughs> right. I feel like there's that fine line between setting my goals and my plans and letting God really lead the way too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so hoping to to still encourage a lot of girls through that. We usually have a couple thousand girls who come to the conferences and hear from various speakers and be encouraged by one another. So 
still pressing on in that journey. And then uh, we do have a podcast also and produce a couple films um, from time to time. So there's a few other projects in front of me too. Lastly, one more question for you. I think it allows people to stay connected and in a way not intimidated by people like you and Nicole who see that you also struggle, not that you want to celebrate that, but I think people see that you know, life is not perfect just because you're a Christian or just because you're the founder of an organization. People connect with that, knowing that there's still hiccups in the road, no matter who you are. Yeah, definitely. I think um, our our brokenness can really be a bridge yeah. with other people. It can actually bring us to connect with other people and for them to empathize with them and mm-hmm. And so God doesn't waste these hard times in our life. He uses them, yes, to keep us humble, but mm-hmm. also to keep us relying on one another and connecting with one another and carrying each other until our last days. So that's, that's a great way to put it, Ali. I feel like that's been so true in my life. I'm, you know, the more real I am with audiences or just one-on-ones, you know, the more you're connecting with people, the deeper you're connecting. I know it's been the same for you, Mary, on the air for your radio station. You know, the more honest you are, the less put together you are, <laughs> yeah, which is scary. <laughs> ah, yeah. Ugh. Like the more you're connecting because mm-hmm. you're you're now human. And, and the, the more that our leaders can be, you know, flesh and blood and with problems and bruises, mm-hmm. I think the better off our world is. There's not this pedestal for people who speak about topics, you know, on stages. It, we're all the same. And, um, you know, we we can all be a community together. You know, whether you're behind the scenes planning conferences, whether you're the one on stage, whether you're the one sitting in the front row or the back row, we're all in this together and we cannot do this journey without each other. Yeah, definitely. That's really well said. Well, Allie, I appreciate you so much. I'm rooting for you in all the phases of your journey. And I'm just so grateful that you were with us today. Thanks, Allie. Yeah, thank you, Nicole. Thank you, Mary. Such a pleasure to be on. Good. And the best way for people to connect with you would be through Wonderfully Made? Wonderfullymade.org is our website. And then our Instagram and Twitter is at MadeWonderfully. So it's backwards. Great. And you have so many great products and shirts and different things that people can check out as well as your book and your Bible study. Yes. Thank you so much, ladies. Such an honor to be on. Good. Thank you. (laughs) Have a great day, Allie. Okay, you too. Take care. Bye. It's almost that time. The school year's approaching, and while that can be exciting in many ways, it can also create a false sense of security for students. Risk of sexual violence doesn't just come from strangers in dark alleys, but most often from peers on campus. Our next podcast will help you and your loved ones stay safe while living up the college life. Feel free to subscribe. You can even write a review if you heard something you liked and invite friends and family members to listen so more people can heal from sexual abuse. Find out more at IamOneVoice.org or go on Facebook.